0: Due to the rating of this podcast, we'll be using very general language. Please note that this episode may contain language not suitable for children. Since this podcast is about adoption, the precursor is pregnancy and the precursor to pregnancy is a lack of or ineffective use of birth control. Therefore, we feel that this topic is one that we must address. According to WebMD, birth control can help people decide when they want to have children. There are many types to choose from, including different types of barrier, medications, and traditional methods that need no additional resources. Effectiveness varies and often depends on how carefully the method is applied. Only a male condom offers any protection against sexually transmitted diseases.
1: Some of the the birth control myths that I talk about with women when they come into our program There is a lot of information on the internet, in doctor's offices, that there's all folklore, I should say, Mm -hmm. you know, that people have passed on from generation to generation. So I really wanted to spell a couple of these. Birth control is not 100%. The only 100% chance that you won't get pregnant is if you're abstinent. So that's the only 100% chance. Right. You can get pregnant the first time you have sex. You can also get pregnant while breastfeeding.
0: I didn't and know come, that that was a myth that you couldn't. Oh, if you were, really?
1: Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, sometimes when you're breastfeeding, you don't get your cycle. And so because you're not getting your monthly cycle, some women think that they are not able then to get pregnant because they're not having their monthly cycle. So they don't realize that they're still ovulating.
0: I see. Okay.
1: Um, and lastly, condoms do have an expiration date. Just about everything at this point in our right. lives has an expiration
0: date. Car seats, ha- You water have bottles. to look at it this way. Anything that's like a latex or rubber kind of material, it will dry out. It will become brittle. And so you have to look at a condom the same way and know that, okay, that is not going to stay the same consistency over time. Even if it stays wrapped, it's <laughs> it's not good forever.
1: Right. Right. I want to save um, prophylactics or condoms, whichever word you want to use Mm -hmm. for the end when we're talking about uh, birth control methods, because that's the one I really want to dive into. I think that is the most controversial in terms of um, studies and rates of effectiveness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's that's something I really want to dive into, because that is what I would say is the most commonly used birth control method for women that we work with. Okay if they're using a birth control method. Right. So I looked at two different, uh, studies and one of them was the CDC. The other one was, uh, money.usnews.com. And I know that sounds funny that, that you would look at birth control from that perspective, but financially I wanted to see, you know, what things were costing, uh, and obviously, when we go through these, understand that the cost and effectiveness of birth controls, even though it's surprising, the cost is going to depend on if you have insurance, what the insurance will cover, and where you're residing in the United States. You know, not, there's a higher cost of living in some areas versus other areas, and that will also influence the cost of birth control. Mm-hmm. So what's so interesting is, you know, in one study, we see birth control pills have a 91% effectiveness rate. Whereas the typical failure rate is 7%, which, so they're saying really 93%. So you want to look at that as, as 91 to 93% effective for birth control pills. That's not the numbers that I remember from when I was in high school. I remember those being up in the 98, 99. I do not remember it being as low as 91 to
0: 93. Why the change?
1: User error. Okay. Uh, also I would say with birth control, uh, pills it's a hormone in most situations it's a hormone supplement or what have you i'm not a doctor we need to preface that neither one of us are doctors but you also need to find out which one works the best with your body and which one your body responds to the best and so if you have one that is not working as effectively as another one may work i'm sure that plays into the effectiveness as well okay um, an intrauterine device, IUD, has. they're saying that there is a 99% effectiveness rate. Um, oh, going back to birth control pills, 0 to $50 a month
0: is the okay, standard cost. is the price.
1: Um, an IUD, uh, they're saying a 99% effectiveness rate, and the CDC pretty much agrees with that. Uh, they last for 3 to 12 years, depending on what type of... Device uh, you're using, and they can cost anywhere from zero to thirteen hundred. The ones that we have seen and we have paid for through our adoption agency, a lot of them I think were morena and I think it was around five hundred dollars. Don't okay. quote me on that amount, but right around five hundred.
0: Now that five hundred dollars um, is a one-time cost for the three to twelve years, yeah. depending on what you. Okay, uh,
1: Morena usually lasts, I think, around five. But yes, uh-huh. okay. The birth control shot, Deborah Prevera you get these quarterly and they're about $30 to $75. And they have anywhere according to the two differences in percentages, a 94 to 90%, 96% effectiveness rate. The one thing that's very positive, in my opinion, working with women with unplanned pregnancies is the shot. You don't have to remember to take a pill every day. You just have to remember to go get your shot. Mm-hmm. Um, quarterly. And so if you could remember every three months, that's great. But a lot of women come into our office pregnant because they forgot. That's fair. The Nuva ring has a 91% effectiveness rate up to a 93%. So, and that costs uh 30 to $35 and has to be replaced every three weeks. Uh, they have a birth control patch. That one is a monthly supply cost between $30 to $35. Effectiveness, we've seen the rates from 91 to 93%. So, this next actually, let's skip, we'll skip the condom and come back to that. Uh, Diaphragm has an 88% effectiveness rate that costs between $15 to $50. And then you have to also use a spermicide, which is an extra $7 to $18. And the failure rate they're saying is 87 to 88%. So
0: or the yeah, effectiveness that rate, right?
1: Right. Sterilization has an they're saying uh basically it's agreed upon it's about a 99% effectiveness rate. Uh it's different costs for men and women. Men typically it's about a thousand dollars and women it's about six thousand. Okay. Now what's so interesting is is that this is a ninety-nine percent effectiveness rate. And I have had I've been, I've worked with so far this year, three women that had their tubes tied and they were
0: now are now pregnant. Wow.
1: And we have the medical record. So it wasn't like they just thought that they had had their tubes tied. They had right. had their and it didn't take. There is an implant that you can get in your arm. That is about 99% effective according to what we've read. So that's um, something as well. Okay. Spermicides is something that is a 21% failure rate, so you're looking at it is 79%. Right. Wow. Uh, the sponge had a failure rate of 14%. So that would be a 86% uh, success rate for women who've never had a baby. And if you've had a baby before it drops all the way down to 73% effectiveness. Like I said, in reading this, I think, you know, in comparison to years ago or decades ago, I think they were looking at if you use it perfectly every single time, whatever method you're using, if you're taking the pill every day, if you're, you know, making sure that you get your shot on time, you know, every three months, then you're going to have a much higher rate. But because there are failure rates, that's why the numbers are so much lower is because people are not, you know, taking the pill. You know, daily as they're supposed to, and they're then doubling up trying to make up for that lost pill, and and so because there are failure rates, it doesn't mean that these uh, methods of birth control are not as effective as they used to be. It just means that they have now factored into what in real time is happening.
0: So do you? Th- so a lot of it is a lack of education on how to use these different methods, as well as maybe a lack of discipline on how to use these methods, you user know, whether,
1: however you want to get there user yeah. error. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in, in looking at the, the prophylactic or condom rate, the rates look like 85 to 87% effectiveness. You can get these free from clinics um, or you can pay as high as, Two dollars and fifty cents for one. I've never seen that high, but that was what uh, one of them was quoted as. Wow! <laughs> but that that number, eighty-five to eighty-seven percent. That's, I mean, it's going to rain at eighty-five yeah. to eighty-seven <laughs> percent. It's going to rain like yeah. that's that's pretty high. And so the chances, uh, you know, in terms of it being a failure, uh, which is the 13 to 15%, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, That's concerning.
0: And I think, again, a lot of it is misinformation, misuse, not using it properly. I remember when I was young, it was like our, I don't remember if they were teachers or whatever, but they were constantly reminding us that two doesn't work better than one. Right. So at some point, there must have been that thought out there that, oh, well, if, I use two. If I double up, I'm even more safe. It actually makes it less safe, less right. you know, protective.
1: You know, they say when used properly, male condoms are about ninety
0: eight percent effective, according Which is to women. Really good, right. Which is really, really good. But
1: eighteen out of twenty women whose partners don't use them correctly could wind up pregnant. Exactly. 18 women out of 100, I'm sorry, 18 women out of 100 is Mm -hmm. is really hot. Yeah. So some not commonly known facts about condoms, according to the CDC, are if you're using a female condom, don't also use a male condom because that can cause tearing. Right. As you said, not to use more than one at one time. And then not to use oil-based lubricants like massage oils, baby oils, lotions, or petroleum with latex condoms because they'll weaken it, causing it to tear or break. In really diving deeper into the prophylactic use and some of the information that has been done, it really, I really want to get this out there because I don't, you know, we want to prevent unplanned pregnancies. We want to be there to help you if you have one, but we want you to be safe. So in in looking at the Human Life International, uh, they had some information that I, again, found astounding. According to their... Statistics, one in 14 uses results in a condom failure. The United Nation Population Fund and other global condom promoters claim the condoms have a 98% success rate instead of an 85% success rate documented in real world studies. So there's that discrepancy. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about. There's that. Yeah. Teen pregnancy in the U.S. is still at really high levels. 750,000 annually. And a lot of abortions are, you know, being performed. All right. Another, another fact is they cannot protect against diseases spread by skin to skin contact like herpes or HPV
0: mm-hmm.
1: back in the day, back when we were younger, you know, I always believed that condoms were the, the foolproof birth control. Like that was, you know, that was the go-to that, you know, you were not going to, you know, have an, an error or an oops, right. If if you use one. So this was really just shocking to me. Was it shocking to you when you were going through it? It, it?
0: I guess not, because I had always heard for years that, well, not only are they not 100%, but most of the error is from the operator if they're using it improperly. So I guess it just it was really impressed upon me that the effectiveness of them was... Mostly due to, you know, how you used it and if you used it properly.
1: According to birthcontrol.com, 18 out of 100 people will get pregnant each year if they use a condom as their only birth control method. So in diving further, some of the the condom use errors are late application, early Mm -hmm. removal, um, unrolling it before use, failing to remove any air, uh, using them inside out, Um, them being punctured with a sharp object, not checking them for damage, using them twice, storing them incorrectly, um, having them break. So there's lots of ways that these are not as effective. And, you know, this is an uncomfortable topic for many people to discuss. And again, we're trying to keep this very, you know, low key because, you know, we understand that families may be listening, but these are really important topics to dive into and and do research on because you want to make sure that you understand what people are doing wrong so that you don't make the same mistake. You know, the whole point of us studying history is to not repeat the same mistakes over and over again. Correct. Well, with birth control, we are making the same mistakes over and over again and we're not learning because we're not teaching everybody around us and we need to make sure that we are teaching people like Dr. Owen Morgan did at ASU mm-hmm. in his human sexuality class because that is key to preventing pregnancies so then you know we can take abortion off the table as what people believe is a third choice when they have an unplanned pregnancy it's you know rather than parenting or placing the child for adoption know, if if we can cut down on unplanned pregnancies, then we can help remove abortion. And that's a big deal and and very important. So my takeaway from, from doing this research and learning more about um, prophylactic use is that, you know, if, if that is your birth control choice, Mm -hmm. then I would make sure that you have all the information on how to use them effectively and properly and, you know, really make sure that that's the best option for you and take every precaution necessary because 15% is pretty high. If you think about it, I mean, you're, you're talking about lives here. We're not talking about, you know, raining outside. We're talking about lives and that's what's most important. And when we talk about lives, we're talking about babies and having an unplanned or crisis pregnancy is something that, can be devastating for a woman or man to experience. And it can put you in a position that you don't want to be in and making choices that you don't necessarily want to have to make. What would be your best advice?
0: It all comes down to a lot of what we've just kind of been repeating, but open discussion, proper information, and educating yourself. And, and that goes for anybody with almost any topic too, you know, it's better to know more than to know less. And as, as long as that information is the correct, proper information.
1: Right. You want to go to, you know, reputable sites. You want to make sure that you're getting credible sources and yes, it may be uncomfortable. And when you, Look at your child and you think, I don't want to have this conversation with my child. It is a better conversation to have than the alternative.
0: Absolutely. And that's
1: what, that's what a lot of parents, you know, don't see in that moment mm-hmm. is, you know, sitting down and having that dreaded, you know, birds and the bees talk is, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. you You don't want to think you're poisoning your child's mind and you are putting ideas in their head. But after speaking with so many um, pregnant teen parents Mm -hmm. that are now grandparents, they wish they'd had those talks. They wish that they had really gone into, you know, into those topics of birth control and preaching abstinence. But if, you know, as a parent, if you've done everything you can to prevent your child from having sex and, and you're, then that's your goal. And that's most parents' goals. Um, probably all parents goals. Mm -hmm. If you can't stop them, then protect them. And, you know, the, the argument with that is, is that, Oh no, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm going to make sure if my child, if I think my child is, is going to engage in that, then I am going to, you know, homeschool them and I'm going to lock them in their room. And, and that's just not reality.
0: Right. Well, we've talked many times in the past about planet reality versus planet fantasy. And a lot of these parents are living in planet fantasy where they don't think there's any possibility of their child ever doing anything like this. But the reality is much different than that. There's pressures out there, and there always have been, for kids to do things that you wouldn't approve of or agree with. and. Not to say they're out there doing all of them, but your best option is to teach them the right way. And whether it's through you or through your school, those kids need to be taught.
1: They do. And I think, again, speaking on behalf of all of the moms of teen moms, if you have done everything you can do, you know, you've educated your child, you have, you know, provided every resource that you can and you have a child that experiences a teen pregnancy, there's not going to be any going back thinking, oh, I wish I would have, I, I, I regret not, or because you've done everything you can, right? There's, you know, as parents, what's so hard is there's only so much you can do to prevent your child from experiencing heartache or pain or misery and, and making bad choices. Kids make bad choices. And unfortunately. As parents, you know, we want to prevent that from happening and we try and we do everything we can, but not educating your child because it's an uncomfortable topic or because you don't believe that your child is going to engage in an activity that you have told them over and over again, not to, I think is unrealistic. And again, this is speaking, you know, I, I'm talking about this from a take of somebody who speaks with women about unplanned pregnancies every day, all day long. And you know, women that have had their tubes tied and wind up pregnant—that's so unfortunate because that you know you think that there's there's no way, there's right. no way. I've spoken. I've had three, three, three this, year.
0: this year alone. That's this year, alone. unbelievable.
1: And one thing you know to remember too is that at the end of the day, we're all just doing the best that we can. So I'm apologizing if this podcast has any way offended anybody. Um, know that we are again going on our platform of education it's paramount and we are doing everything we can to promote healthy people we're trying to um, show that there are amazing alternatives to abortion and adoption is a beautiful and loving choice
0: Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. If you're listening and you're dealing with an unplanned pregnancy and want more information about adoption, Building Arizona Families is a local Arizona adoption agency and available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just get you more information. You can also find out more information about Building Arizona families on their website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thanks also go out to Grapes for allowing us to use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Birth, Mother Matters, and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to us. We'd really appreciate it. We also now have a website at birthmothermatterspodcast.com. Tune in next time on Birth, Mother Matters, in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines.